You know, you should do. You should just start the episode with just like, <laughs> like just to see. No, people be like, wait, was that a sound test? No, that was Mark just going off for the first ten seconds. I gave Mark the free the free floor, and he just <laughs> he just said things that should never be repeated. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am rejoined by uh, by Mark. Mark, how you doing, man? Doing good. Yeah. Doing good. Over. Yeah, it, it's over, and I don't know if my voice still sounds raspy and hoarse, but uh, I definitely lost some of it um, as a result. And I mean, I I'm still kind of processing this weekend as I put in the uh, the post for questions. Um, how are you feeling, man? Like, I, I feel like I don't even have room to talk. Like, I, that might've been the most exhausting nationals ever, just in terms of like setup and breakdown and, and kind of being spread thin. Like I think Thursday night, I got three hours of sleep Friday. I got two Saturday, I got about three. So, you know, that was that was a rough weekend in terms of uh, you know, set up and breakdown and, and, and making sure that everybody was hopefully getting the tournament that they asked for. Yeah, I mean, I want to say we did. Um, I'm sure you're going to have your outliers that are like, oh, this is BS or whatever. But um, I think based on the, the posts I'm seeing, how I feel, how I've interacted with people, like it was, it was pretty, pretty incredible. And it's funny you say, uh, you talk about like your fatigue cause, uh, that, the picture of you floating around where you, the weekend at Bernie's where you just passed out. Uh, well, it? It, so that was funny because we were, you know, even, so that was yesterday, Monday. So the tournament had been done, but I didn't get really done until about 9.30 that night. I had to be at the gym till 8 o'clock waiting for the rental company to come pick up all the poles. And then um, I had to run a few errands to drop off last-minute stuff. And then, uh, you know, I, I got to bed late because I decided, you know, I, I never get to go enjoy the host city. So, you know, I, I sucked it up, took a shower, and went downtown with uh, with a group of people, and then yeah, I think we must have gotten back at three a.m. <laughs> so so needing to wake up for checkout, uh, you know, had a couple drinks by the pool, and was just like, all right, you know, if I put my legs up and you know lean back here, <laughs> I'll take a little tiger snooze. <laughs> Man, um... I didn't. I, what I didn't expect was. <clears throat> Someone to take a photo of that and, and, and post it. <laughs> yeah, it's it a good one. You got to be paranoid. I'm. You should be because I go around. I've got a library of photos of people yep. snooping, uh, just because it's hilarious to watch people pass out of tournaments. I mean, it's got to be gratifying for you, right? Because I, I listened to the the precap, I think, of twenty of last year's, and uh, you're talking about how you wanted the hashtag Kelly tried to kill us, but you want something better. And so when you snap photos of people that are just exhausted, passing out sleep, like, do you get that kind of, yeah, I got them like that kind of gratification or. Yeah. So I'd say the photo of me yesterday didn't count because it wasn't a tournament day. Yeah. It's just you being, uh, just living your life right now. Um, yeah. Passing out of the pool <laughs> is, is totally fine. 
after after four or five days of what you put into this um and i kind of want to address it now hopefully before people start falling off um setting up the gym my god um i'm so glad i got to participate in that and actually physically see what you guys go through um obviously i wanted to go early the night prior so i can set up the uh, the ball state booth and then as we we're setting up i'm just looking around and seeing uh what five six to eight people just hauling like poles and sandbags and just getting everything set up and it was very very eye-opening um i know i've talked about in the past of like trying to step step up and help you guys out some but to actually be able to do it and see what it's like like i that was incredible man like watching just people doing it just just going to work um and and feeling some of that sleep deprivation uh it was it was was insane um what were you gonna say though I was going to say, well, what people don't realize is that, you know, we had to lug um, 200 pounds of nets to Austin. We had to lug 100 pounds of balls. Um, and then we had three tons of rental equipment. Just base plates, poles. So that was all rental then. That's how that gets there? That was all rental. So we have the rental company drop it off. Okay. And if we had paid another two grand, they might even set it up for us. But we set it up ourselves so that we can save, you know, two grand and put that back towards, you know, more useful things. So that's that's the thing. I I, I really wonder if people understand. Um, and and in the closing of our re- of our precap last episode, I said. This isn't really so much to like garner sympathy from the players. It's just, I think, understanding. So like when they blow up over something petty, which is like, oh, I didn't get, I don't know, this call that went my way, or they just, something so small that they just write off elite as a whole, but then they don't realize that they're paying substantially less than the NDL uh, to get this amazing tournament. Like, I feel like, and it's been suggested before, like people say, hey, you should charge more for these events, but you do your best to keep the cost as low as possible. And you just said right now, like for an extra two grand, you know, you could have had the help that, you know, we might need to help set up. But people are taking this stuff upon themselves to to keep the cost low so that we can actually afford to fly out to all these regions and make this thing happen. So, you know, again, it's just, it's not to shame people or, you know, guilt people into feeling sorry it's just it, it, it's the, an awareness that i would like to bring more to if i can um and i hope that's what this is doing um well what i find funny is is those people who say oh you know you can raise the the price um last year that they, they just about rioted when we raised the price from 180 to 240 <laughs> and and they were upset of why, why is this price going up? Not realizing that, okay, yes, the price did raise to 240, but by refing, you're going to get an $80 rebate. So you're actually going to be paying $20 less than the year before. And so like, you know, under no circumstances is any kind of incremental raise going to go over well. I mean, WeHo raised their price by $5 a year and a half ago. Oh, how dare they? Jake got the nastiest messages and the snottiest of comments about it. And it's just, 
completely unjustified. And even in my, I run a little league that's just for um, like Hollywood industry. So like agents and managers and writers. And I raised my price five bucks per person and they flipped out until I explained it was, you know, Hey, like we're going to pay refs for you. You're going to have real dodgeball players ref your games and they'll understand the game a lot better than you do. So right. when, when people kind of shoot from the hip and they're like, Oh, you know, more money will solve this. And it's like, no, you, for, for the one person that says I'll pay more, there's 10 people who say this is outrageous. These prices will not stand. <laughs> I mean, there's also people more that are, they're probably spending money they shouldn't to get out there. So it's not just a matter of, uh, people, I don't want to say being stingy, but you know, it's, there's no money in dodgeball. I mean, how many I times have we been saying that? I don't that? think anybody's stingy, but I think, you know, when, when you raise a price on anything, they take it as an attack on their checkbook. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, again, coming, coming from the opposite where we're paying $200 per division and just seeing what, what we have now. I mean, you, yeah. you've always been very transparent too, I believe. That, that was, that was always the thing. Why we did it our way is because <clears throat> it has always been, you know, per team. So, you know, you pay two forty per team. And so, you know, if you have six players, yeah, it's more expensive. If you have eight players, then yeah, it gets a little cheaper, yeah. but you know, those of us that were around, which I'm, I'm now terming like generation one and generation two, like those, those players, you know, yeah, we, we paid 165 for the first division and we paid, you know, X amount. And, you know, by the end of it, we were paying like $350 per person just to play like an, an hour and a half of Ron Robin. Yeah. It, it, again, it's just, I, I think, um, I'm trying to find it actually. Uh, was it Will Buck that posted a really awesome post about, um, what I, I, I want to go so far as to assume that he heard our interview. How you should act. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, I briefly saw that post and I was like, wow, this guy, this guy gets it. Yeah, and I, and I honestly, I, again, I can't speak for everybody, but I think the majority do get it. it. It's just sometimes it's good to bring that up because of reasons like that, because people like Will will see that, and they'll they'll just understand like, oh, okay, this is still one of those things where you know, they're Mark's not lining his pockets with money and flying off, you know, first class uh, and going home in a Bentley with the, with our our money that he's not without being accused of it by some people. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um, I'm more than happy to slap him in the face with the numbers. Yeah. And then that's so, okay. So that's what I was getting at too. Is like you, what I think what started this whole thing is we were looking at the numbers like, okay, the NDL charges X amount of dollars. Okay. If you really want to have an event, you need, I don't know, this amount of money in insurance. You need this amount of money in equipment and okay. Your volunteers are free. So we don't really need to pay refs. So boom, dodgeball tournament. And there's just like such this huge, like, like where's the rest of the money going? But I th I'm pretty sure people asked you, um, you'd be willing to, to, like you said, slap them in the face with numbers. Well, I'm more than willing to always share it. The problem is, is when we started sharing it, people started line iteming things and being like, Oh, they paid 
you know, $30 for this tape, you know, I can get it for 29. Right. And it's like, okay, great. It's not helping. Um, so we used to post it uh, like at every event, but you know, people genuinely, it seemed like they either stopped caring or they were nitpicking every line item. And it's like, you know, we are doing, you know, what people don't realize is that like gyms cost different for each gym, you know, what you have in the South is most gyms close at five. So if you go after five, you have to pay after hours yep. is time and a half. Um, and then you additionally probably have to pay an additional janitorial fee or like you need you know, a staff member present as well. I think that's one too. For example, this year in the West, you know, like, good Lord, every single gym was expensive because we, we grew so much that we needed bigger gyms than we had the year before. And when you need bigger gyms, like, you know, renting out ASU's facility or for round one or renting out two completely different gyms for, you know, uh, west round three like these newer and bigger and better gyms like all cost more you know so yeah. just the the price of you know, growth right but when they're like hey we get we're we're not getting as much money as we did last year and it's like well yeah we increased by you know two or three teams but that two or three teams needs to take us from a gym with three courts to a gym with four courts and that, you know, it, it takes out a larger chunk of that money. Yeah. Um, especially when you pay for two days. Didn't, uh, I don't, I don't know if I'll get any flack for this, but didn't somebody like suggest, uh, we should prorate the amount. So let's say the cost of everything was 3000 bucks and everybody paid 80 and you know, you've uh, like, I'm doing terrible at math, but I don't know if this is, jogging memory at all, but somebody suggested if we overpaid, we would refund a prorated amount to each player. Do you remember that at all? I honestly don't. It's probably blocked that from memory. Cause I, I read that and I was like, you gotta be freaking kidding me, man. Like, um, we'll move off of that, that subject. And, uh, I was able to pull up the, uh, the Will Buck quote, um, or post it's, it's rather lengthy, but I'm just going to paraphrase. He just basically said, uh, Hey everyone, before the weekend begins, just want to give a quick reminder to be kind, be kind to the tournament organizers. It broke my heart to hear the bleep Jake and Mark had to put up with last national. So don't be that team. Um, granted it's going to happen. You're going to have a couple like, you know, sidebar comments to the refs, but I think, uh, this message got through because there was about 159 some odd likes and a lot of really good gifts responding to, people like you know people saying this is good stuff but when we talked about the recap last year you know it, it took it completely derailed my like my, my my i guess my thought process of how we're going to have that conversation but do you feel like this is overall more positive than last year or like because that was one thing i, I did want to move on to was just like overall i i do uh you know what last year last year left me severely severely depressed um this year, I think it ran, you know, out, outside of like just the long hours, it ran smoother. Um, there was no, nothing that I saw that just was like, 
last year it felt like it was just temper tantrums every 10 15 minutes and people speaking to each other and 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 trolling each other and this year it seemed a lot more um good amicable if you will more community i'm hoping yeah it, it just seemed a lot better this year like i couldn't recall if there was even a single fight this year um it was overall just genuinely much better like i feel night and day better about austin than i did you know leaving minneapolis um you know i still feel terrible about the hours that you know some of our volunteers went through thursday night and friday night like i i truly like you know that's always been my my biggest hang up is i i hate asking for for volunteers to help on stuff like that setup because it's you know people want to just show up and play and sometimes we're you know underwater and and setting up something so large while we're still trying to keep costs down and so you know the 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 best i could do is you know try and feed the you know the people friday night that that came out to help set up the second gym because we i think we finished breaking down friday's gym at about 11 11 30 and we had to make three or four trips with all the uh the sandbags and poles and nets and all that stuff and we showed up to the 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 other gym and you know basically what we got done is we we taped courts and we put bases and poles down and we left at 1 a.m well you had to shoot us out because people were still trying to finish i remember tim i think was probably one of the last people in there and you're like, no, we're done. Like, we're going home. It's one o'clock well, in the morning. Because, because this was, it was, it was, it was so bad in terms of like, it was so late that it was like, we're going to have the longest day ahead of us. And because uh, at that point, we we're going to be running 18 courts the next day. And so, um, you know, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I was like, hey, you know, I, t- I told that crew, I was like, hey, you know, go ahead and sleep in you know relative and i said okay go ahead and sleep in show up at like 7 15 7 30 and then we can get the crossbars and nets up really quick and then you know pump up some of the balls and we can start at nine um i got there at six 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 thirty a.m and just was like all right i've got an hour to myself what can i do to like get everything going and i, I set up the women's gym Cause at least if I could get the women's gym, we could focus on getting the men's gym done. And so that, that ended up working out perfectly on time because um, I finished the women's gym as soon as uh, everybody kind of started filtering in and we were able to get some taller people to help get nets up quicker. Um, unsung, you know, tall people all weekend who help <laughs> keep putting the crossbars back up. Uh, Thank you all. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, anytime a bar went down, 
just a swarm of tall people came to to help out. They're, they're Honestly, help. the most helpless I feel during the tournament. <laughs> when one of those goes down, I, I feel like a four-year-old pointing up to like the tall cabinet where the cups are going, help. <laughs> Please help me get this fixed. Yeah. I need it. <laughs> so, so, I mean, real quick, um, and then we'll move on to the crowdsource questions because Jeeves, I got a lot. Um, and we got to figure out like which of these are actually gonna be productive. But um, these unsung heroes, man, like I, I definitely want to shout them out. Um, yeah. So I would say, you know, one of the one of the people that needs like just a uh, absolute round of applause, and and he was your people's champion was uh, Cody Stidham. Yeah. Like, you know, he drove down to Austin two weeks ago to get me some exact measurements to make sure we could sneak in another court, which was court one on the Saturday gym. Um, just because, like, you know, I, I got pictures of the gym. So people understand, like, you know, I don't get to go to the gyms, you know, before we book them. I have to rely on Yelp photos and Google images and you know, sometimes the, the venue people will give me some good, fo you know, photos or, you know, in the past, like Stuart Contreras had, had gone to the gym and shot me like 40 photos so I can get a grasp of like measurements. Um, so, yeah, Cody went down there. He measured everything. Cody brought a lot of nets and and, and just generally was just a, a superman. He, uh, yeah. there's, there's no light way to say it. And then you have, you know, Tim Wells, who was just instrumental and he was just a workhorse. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, Anthony Miller and, 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 and Tatum, they were fantastic. Colin O'Brien was you know, absolutely instrumental. Like I felt bad cause I think we, we rode him hard and put him away dirty. Uh, you know, I'm a no and, and, and Curtis, they showed up Friday or Thursday and helped set up Friday gym. That was awesome. And I'm then, sorry. Uh, who was the, who were these? Cause I, I think I laughed when you were, I was laughing. Oh, Eli Moreno and, and Curtis from the South. Yep. Um, Izzy and, and, and Joe Fernandez, you know, they uh, came and helped us, you know, drag tape and balls and nets and, and all day long. And then even on the Friday night crew, you know, Ali Bustamante stayed until she was delirious and Chris Perry, like, you know, did, we didn't even ask him. And he, he, he basically was just absolutely instrumental in having that Friday, that Friday turnover. I think he must have lugged, uh, you know, 2,000 pounds of, of sandbags and cut down half of the nets just by himself. Uh, Vince Marchbanks and, and, and Kate Murphy were also amazing, you know, helping us take care of all that stuff. And, you know, when everybody got to the second venue that night and we kind of opened up the food, you know, it, it was tough to be like, all right, let's see if we can at least get court state and we can get, you know, uh, base is down and then we'll just we, we can we can we can get out of there and the look on their face it just it was it was heartbreaking to see like oh we're we're not done yet oh okay crap yeah. um so yeah now every single person and and it's always unfortunate like we're gonna miss a couple like because i think that weekend was just uh an absolute blur um you know thank you to every single person who who helped you know set up courts who helped pump balls who helped 
you know, every single one of you that was walking by and it was tall enough to reset a crossbar, you know, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Thank you to, you know, like Ryan Haley must have taken out two tons of trash on Friday night. <laughs> so those who picked up trash and did all that stuff, uh, you know, that was really, really, really awesome. You know, the, the pinch teams that helped break down the rest of the courts after they finished, you know, frostbite and dynasty and all those guys. So, uh, uh, and Gamecocks and legacy, they were all, they were all fantastic at, at kind of helping us break down so we can make, you know, get it all done on time and, and drag that stuff out to the curb so it could be picked up. It, it was pretty awesome, man. Like you were talking about how like Allie was uh, delirious. I mean, there was, she, she made it fun in a weird way. Like I know her and I were kind of laughing a lot just cause we were just so oh, just accepting of what we were doing. Like it's one o'clock in the morning we're, we're rolling sand and we're, we're sticking poles here with just like a handful of, of players and just doing what needs to be done. Um, but I feel like you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that was maybe more of the kind of going back to like, does this leave you feeling a lot better and more of a community feel for this year? Like that was incredible to see. I like, even with, um, you know, like the ball estate booth and stuff like that, like I was getting a lot of help from people that I just thought like, wow, like this is incredible. Um, this is the part of the community that I'm always advocating for. Like I try not to let, you know, one or two comments on the, on the page or on the events, like ruin that because for the most part, I would say like maybe 80% of the players out there are in it for them, for the sport and for each other. Um, and I, and I got that vibe and it was, it was very refreshing even though I was exhausted beyond all, all reason. But, uh, yeah, I, if we did skip anybody, like it was, it's, it's not one of those things where it's like, Hey, thank you. Uh, like, like the podcast, for example, people thank me a lot this weekend. And it's like, it's not just me. There's, I get so much help from people for this. Same thing with ball say like it is not just a, a one, two man, uh, three woman show. It's, I get help from so many people to make this happen. So I'm hoping that that's, that was the case. Like when I, when I talked to you and you know, I'm glad you reached out to me first. I want to give you some space, you know, obviously I want to get this recap out as quickly as possible, but, uh, I think it was nice to have the, the, the Monday off. Um, I think from the weekend, I only had really two big hangups. Um, one was, you know, Friday, you know, like, yeah, that gym got hot. It did. Um, you know, but people didn't realize that like that was air conditioned, the air conditioning that had was, AC? Yeah, oh my it was the thing is the AC was set at 72. We had so many bodies in there that we heated the gym up 20 degrees. By <laughs> I <itself. believe> it. <laughs> and then, so you know, when, when I went to the, 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 the GM of the, of the facility, because he, what people didn't realize is that, like, if they looked up. The windows weren't fogged at all. So air was circulating in there, but like we were kicking the crap out of the air conditioner. Um, it was that big, huge thing on the, you know, the left side of the gym when you walked in. Um, so, and that's why when they walked into the other side, they were like, Oh wow, it's so much cooler. And it's like literally the only difference is that that gym has no bodies in it and our gym had bodies in it and we were running around sweating. So I ended up talking to the gym and it's like, is there anything we can do? And we were like, they were like, well, it's kind of like 
permanently set at 72. It's never goes up, never goes down. Um, and they're like, we've had, you know, we've had this gym for 10 years and we've never had a problem with AAU basketball or, you know, the camps that they have or anything like that. And they were just, just as shocked as we were. They were like, we've just never seen anything like this. They were impressed. <laughs> and so somewhere around five o'clock, four o'clock when it got really hot, um, yeah, I, I went to them and I was like, is there anything we can do? And they, they called the superintendent to see if they could get the clearance to drop it even further. And it was, they dropped it down to 62, uh, on the thermostat and it, it helped a little bit. Like you would be hard pressed if you could remember what, what that feeling was. But yeah, at about five o'clock, they dropped it down, and you could feel like a like a slight, cool, crisp <laughs> edge to the heat. Um, and then, you know, as the night went on, it, it got significantly cooler. Um, but yeah, luckily, when we get to Friday, Saturday, we split those bodies in half, where you know the men were just on one side, and the women were, you know, in their own gym, and the those had air conditioners that could handle the, that. Um, and the other thing that was the big hang up was like, I got crushed by the, uh, the, the GM about the alcohol on, on Friday. They, they reamed me because they found Modelo's and white claw. Of course they found white claw. And it was like, I, you know, all I could do was apologize. And, you know, again, like it's been a thing for two years now, like in the rules, like we can't have alcohol. We can't have anybody, you know, doing any kind of drugs at the events because, you know, you're reply, you're relied on to ref. Like, can you imagine what would happen if, you know, a team was like, we lost because our ref was drunk. Oh man, that would like, I, I, I don't know how to remedy that. And so that's why we don't allow alcohol. The other reason is, you know, most, most tournaments can be done at like a private rental facility, you know, like, um, you know, in the West we've done like Torrance soccer center, or we go when we do, um, like the, uh, the hockey arenas, like, yeah, we can get away with it there in terms of like, I'm not going to get beat over the head or threaten to be fined. But this is a school or this is run like by the city now. Every school campus in America, just so everybody listening to me now, every school campus in America is drug and alcohol free. You cannot smoke. You cannot drink. And so it was always, it was disheartening because, you know, it was one thing that we felt like we shouldn't have to announce but Allie made the suggestion on 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 sunday and she was like make another post and i begrudgingly made a post about like hey like please please don't bring any more alcohol because you know it, it does one thing like like if there's someone that's going to be fined it's going to be me like i don't want to get fined for it and then the other thing is you know, they'll kick us out. And it's an incredibly selfish thing to bring alcohol to these events because 
you know, for example, this weekend, 500 people at minimum, you know, took time off, bought flights, got hotels, took Ubers and paid registration to come to this event. And if it gets ruined because of a handful of people that want to drink alcohol at the event, it's just an easily one of the most selfish things I've ever experienced. I can't, I could not imagine being that person saying, you know, you know, we're a family and community, but really screw you guys because I need to drink now instead of after the event. Can you imagine like the gym is being evacuated? Everything is just stopped. It's at a halt. Everything's shut down. And you are that you person that could people would ask for a refund. Well, the money doesn't come back. The gym doesn't go, Oh, we're sorry. Here's 12 grand back because you, you know, you, you drank on our campus. No, they keep that money. Then they fine you. I'm just saying, just being the per like everyone's looking at you like you ruined this entire weekend for everybody. Like Home Alone times 500. Um, like look what you did, you little jerk. But I mean, imagine that. Just and, and obviously, I've, you know the the loss it's, of money and it's my worst nightmare. Yeah, it really is. Like you know, we um, not this year, but last year. Uh, we had a player get caught smoking weed inside the gymnasium by the superintendent. Oh, jeez. They brought it to my attention, not another player or anybody else. And, you know, that was something we had to come down on. And it was just like, what, what were you thinking? Like, how is this a thought process in your mind that, A, this is okay, like, you're going to get everybody else in trouble. You're going to ruin everybody else's weekend wow. just for uh, like a buzz a quick, yeah, or, a quick buzz or, 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 hit. Or, or for the meme of drinking white claw. Yeah. I, and it, and it like, I, I try, I don't, I don't think I screamed at anybody but I certainly had words with people. I kicked one, one person out of the gym because they showed up Saturday or Sunday morning at 9am drinking one in the gym. I had another person show up to the captain's meeting with one in their hand. Oh my God. In the captain's <laughs> just meeting. Just no, just blatantly just, and yeah, I I'm drinking. Believe, like these people, like, the way they do stuff like that. I, I just, I can't understand the thought process. And, and maybe it's because in my position that I, I'm, I'm, I'm removed from that. And I know that I have to be responsible, but it just, it, it, it hurts my heart that like they would do that to their, 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 their fellow teammates or their fellow players or, or like, you know, it just, it just sucks to see it. Like no one wants to go drink more than me. Like I, that's why I kick everybody out of the gym as soon as humanly possible, because I need a drink after dealing with tournament more than anybody. Like I want to get hammered, but I can wait till eight or 9 PM. And it's not that at the expense of the entire event or everybody else. Exactly. It's just, it, it's just a, it's a, it's a shame. And it's, and it's, it's, it's really, uh, uh, a dark spot on the 
uh, and, and you know the best way to put it is it's a cancer on the sport right now. It really is because it, I guarantee you it will cause a problem and it will cause a problem that will be a detriment to the sport of whether, you know, Hey, did you hear about that event that got canceled midway through? Or did you hear about, you know, that person that broke their leg because they were, you know, you know, they broke another player's leg because they were drunk because we've had that happen here on the West coast. Um, so I, I just, I would hate to see that happen. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes from a good place. I mean, you're, you're not doing this to be a jerk. You're not doing this to be a control freak. You're not the fun sponge. Um, you're, you're looking out at the bigger picture and that's just going back to, you know, how all this stuff, um, like your experience is going to differ vastly from mine. And it's going to differ vastly from the person that just pays, shows up, plays, and goes home. Uh, you got to look out for way more um, factors. And, and this is one of those things where wow, it, you could have something. I hope it never happens. But like you said, remember, you know, Elite 3, you know, 2020, where everybody got kicked out. Like, that's a hard thing to recover from. And it's, yeah, it's uh I'm glad we're spending time talking about it. I definitely don't want to focus on either the negative or, or school people, but I, I just wanted to reinforce because I feel like, um, first of all, that, that, that interview that we had last year, that recap where it went downhill, I thought, well, people aren't going to want to listen to this. Well, that, that's actually not the case. A lot of people reached out to me and said, thank you so much for, for talking to Mark about this and, and airing it out because as people know me, they, they know I don't really like to stir the pot, so to speak, or cause controversy, but people wanted to understand like what it's really like to, to see your perspective. And so even though it was kind of negative, it was, it was a good eye opener is what I gathered from it. And I feel like that could be the same for this one. It's like, okay, you're exposing some factors that we're just not aware of. Like people can think they can go to these events and, and have a good time, crack a few beers in the parking lot and, and be okay. But that's, that's not the case. So I just think the awareness is really good. Um, but in addition, Oh, good. I was going to say, if, if you don't, yeah, cause we can move on. We can move off the alcohol. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would love to kind of explain um, some of the awards because the, uh, the awards ceremony was uh, microphone free that night. So people could understand like who won what and, and what they were. Yeah. <laughs> and then just really quick, I could go through like the winners of each division and then um, we can just pound through some of the questions. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, you you yelling and then the chorus yelling it was kind of cool but like good luck just trying to yeah, catch it was anything. great it was super fun but I, like there were so many people that were so confused by it yeah okay so let's let's go through them um we'll start with so thank you who did you post so, this on elite dodgeball or who posted this thing we just broke it down so, for everybody so we have so the the 2019 awards were the, the we started we did something new this year we did regional mvps so that's players playing through round one through three in their respective regions. So in the north, we had Nico Nadal and Paige Peterson. Nice. In the east, we had Matt Levine and Megan Fricker. Um, in the south, we had Eli Hashimoto and Jen Woodley. And in the west, we had Isidro Perez and Ashley Cook. Um, nice. The other uh, thing we do, we started last year, was called the Golden Whistles. And so that was... Um, who are the who are the best refs voted by their peers in terms of you know they're the ones who don't leave like after the first round you know they're the ones who are like oh finals i'll ref the finals or 
you know, they're always sticking around and doing things the right way. And so we had uh, two males and two females for each region. So the, the North Golden Whistle winners were Dylan Fettig and uh, Devin McManus, Rebecca Chappelle and Paige Peterson. In the East, we had Adam Demier, Drew Giovinco, Justine Kennedy, and Jenny Hodge. In the South, we had Vaughn Kelly, Jeremy Stevens, Jen Woodley, and Christy Stevens. So you got a uh, husband and wife there. Um, and then the West, we had Joe Coella, uh, Alex Alvarez, Rolina Thomason, and Christina Simos. Um, and the one that everybody get, gets the most confused of. Actually, real and, quick, Mark, sorry. Um, you said Adam. Isn't he injured? Yeah, but he was the ref for rounds one to one through three. Okay, cool. Gotcha. Yeah, remember the golden whistles are for people for the series. The whole series, got it. Okay. And so the CAPS award, the acronym is camaraderie, attitude, perseverance, and sportsmanship. Oh, nice. This is the award that we put a little extra into. You know, we always want to give something nice. So, you know, we did those uh, in years past. We did the the beer steins. Um, we did the personalized phone chargers. Um, uh, we've also done the the elite shoe bags, the drawstring bags. And this year we did these uh, really nice aluminum uh, water bottles that were laser etched. So they were like nice black with laser etched uh, logo on them. And so those are for the teams that, um, you know, kind of exactly what it is, camaraderie, attitude, perseverance, and sportsmanship. Um, so sometimes, you know, you have the teams that win divisions, you know, not many people are fans of them, you know, based on like how they act and, and you know, it's, it's going to be a hard time for those teams to kind of win the caps award. It's, it is the hardest award to win because we're looking for, you know, these, the, the winners of this award are the teams that we would want to build our sport around. You know, if I had, you know, an entire league of, caps award winning teams we would have a perfect league and we'd be able to you know skyrocket um so it's something that you should like you know teams should aspire to 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 want to be like you know you know being the people who are you know, always trying to be helpful you know whether it's to the organizers or other teams you know if someone's making a a, a mistake or there's a new team they'll go over to them and kind of explain like, Hey, you know, this is, this is why they called you out or, you know, Hey, like, you know, <clears throat> you know, make sure you get your team over here or, you know, they're the team that's always, you know, where they're supposed to be. You know, they're the ones who are calling, you know, they're refing and they're like, Hey, I need this team and I need this team. I need you both here. And they get the game started. So uh, that's the caps award in case anybody nice. was confused. So in the North this year, it was the, the game Cox are you know, a bunch of fun, fun guys who are experienced and then also like you know they're they're great because they they ref um you know they are the team that live streams everything and makes it available so everybody can see and watch um in the east we had zero and royale um you know both teams absolutely exemplary of that and in the south we had category five and envy uh and then in the West, we had Grit and Aztecs. And so those teams got the Special Caps Awards. And uh, like I said, like those 
the way they hold themselves to the standard that they play at and that uh, they treat the other players around them. Like that's the kind of people we want to build the league around. Um, and then, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the people's champion is, is that person who puts the league above themselves and, you know, they, they go kind of above and beyond and, you know, they're not a member of the board or you know, any kind of the committees, but they're like, Hey, you know, like, um, you know, people want to help, uh, but, you know, they go above and beyond and, and, and really want to like, you know, they help make things happen. Um, so, you know, this year was Cody Stidham. Uh, he was just instrumental in, you know, the South rounds and, and nationals this year. And I, I, I'll never be able to thank him enough, to be honest. And then our nationals MVPs were Brody Johnson and Kiki Caldana. So those were our awards this year. Nice. Um, and then in terms of uh, the, the placements this year in the open 8.5, uh, it was heat crisis and rise and then open no sting was crisis tc boosh and havoc uh co-ed 8.5 was dope echo and rise uh co-ed no sting was hello echo and rise uh woman's no sting was pop that ride or die and then finesse uh women's foam was ftfb followed by Scrap and Witness. Uh, and then Pinch Division was Dynasty, Kraken, and Notorious. And then um, what I'm going to call the Nap Division, Caught Most Sleeping. Uh, we'll go ahead and give that in a landslide to Panch. Oh, he finally won something. That's awesome. Uh, do you have pictures of them napping? or? Oh, I've got good pictures of them <laughs> all passed out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's just from all the hype and all the the panch memes and whatnot. Uh, good for them. <laughs> Best snaps. <laughs> the nap division. The nap I'll division. Them, I'll have to get them some like snooze alarms or something. <laughs> Is that gonna be a division next year? <clears throat> just like a un like a unofficial but kind of official award. There should be an unofficial but official division. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like um, like the all injury team or something. Ooh, yeah, well, you want to be on that one. Yeah. In that division you can you can laugh at. Be like, yeah, he got me. I'll get him next time. But uh Yeah, who who got <laughs> blasted the hardest? I think the captain would be Tony Stumpo from Pinch. Oh man. is that on footage by any chance? Cause... if it, it, there's really, really, really funny footage from it. It was in the Pinch finals. Um, it was Miles Garner and Tony versus Kevin Bailey. Uh, Miles threw a catch to Kevin. I think Tony was looking for confirmation, and Kevin oh, no. ran up and hit him in the chest so hard he flew out the back of the court. Um, if you actually pull up the day three live stream, it's, it's, in ex there. it's exactly eight hours, 27 minutes, and one second. Oh, thank you for that. Eight. I may, I may have watched it 50 or 60 times. <laughs> That's going to make the, uh, this week in American dodgeball highlight reel at some it, point. It was, it's, it was one of those, like <clears throat> in my entire career, I think it's easily one of the top three hardest hits I've ever seen in my lifetime. Would this be harder than, uh, last year's catch him hit on pie speaking of listening to last year's recap? It was, it, it's, it's absolutely up there. Wow. Well, Hope you're right there, Tony. But uh, 
if I were you, I would never ever take my eyes off Kevin Bailey. Um, to, to be fair, Tony <laughs> Tony shrugged it off. Good. <laughs> he shrugged it off. Some people tried to 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 clown on him a little bit, and he's like, "Yeah, whatever. He should have thrown it harder then." Yeah, I mean, he plays yeah. pinch, so it's probably nothing so, new to him. Absolute respect to Tony. <laughs> It this was one of those moments that seeing live, it dropped my jaw to the floor <laughs> and I had to clean my chin from the sand. Oh man. Well, we'll probably dig more into actual in case anybody's wondering when are the plays going to come up or when are the highlights or takeaways, et cetera, et cetera. It's typical of a, of a, of a recap. Um, we'll probably do that with the actual panelists um, in the future episodes to come. Cause uh, I think I did four parts last year and I'm thinking it's probably gonna be the same for this one. But, uh, man, I thought I would just maybe eke out like 10 or 12 questions tops if I just snuck this in there into the uh, Facebook uh, page. But um, I'm now looking at 76 comments of people that responded to the call for questions. Now, obviously, all these are not going to be straight up questions. So um, if you want to pound them out and roll through them, I'll, I'll be as quick as possible. Exactly. I was just going to say, in the interest of time, let's, let's blitz right through these bad boys and, uh, and see yeah. where we go. So let's just uh, try to keep it, I don't know, first things that come to mind and we'll go from there. So Sergio Leone says, with the South Sweeping Showdown, is it safe to assume we out there? You said we because uh, he's not there. Well, he's from the, from so the West. Am I, allowed, am I allowed one unbleep? Go for it. So, um, you know, kind of the joke in the South is, uh, they didn't like their hashtag cause I think it was South strong and they made their own house hashtag that was South sucks. Right. UX. And I think this weekend we can change that to South. Um, when it showdown, we can give you. it to Dave F U K. Okay. That is a, <laughs> I use that a lot. <laughs> like, I don't explain it to anybody outside my dodgeball circles and they, they just understand like, Oh, okay. I get what that means. <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right. Next question. What you got? Well, real quick. So does playing in the South mean you can claim you're part of the South? Like, is there a, or is that a South no, panel question to answer? South doesn't mean you're from the South, man. All right. Sorry, Sergio. You can't use we just yet. Yeah. Serge lives in Hollywood, man. Yeah, I lived one year in Texas, so I think that I'm okay. But I'll, I'll check with. I was born in Texas, so. Like, yeah, you're good. Yeah. I'll check with uh, Vaughn and, and see if they'll accept me. But uh, <laughs> anime Cowboys fan, so all right, I'm I'm done. Hunter Ford, uh, how should I diversify my assets during an impending recession? Um, I don't think you're in the clear to give financial advice, so we'll probably glaze over that one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pass on that. Never don't put more than five percent in crypto. There you go. There you go. You know, and maybe two or three words, Markel Stokes. How was the weekend for you? Exhausting. Fair enough, but not depressing. Entirely. Not depressing this year, yeah. I'll take it. Dominic Borgia, thank you, Mark, and all the others for your hard work this weekend. I just feel like that deserved to be read. Um, Sergey Leone, what hurts more right now? The physical soreness. I'll be a beautiful feeling of pain or handing off the people's champions belt, the people's champ belt. I didn't, you know, it's funny is I didn't get hurt or sore from anything dodgeball related. The only thing I did th that weekend is I pulled my groin at the bar. I, um, yeah, 
I should have stretched before. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, you should have stretched before you went to the bar, like especially well, when you're. There was a good dance circle going on, and I had to get in it, and then I, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that one hurt. I I hate to admit this, but I think I just got a memory of Patrick Guevara trying to pick me up and that not working, and uh, <laughs> I hope to God he's not injured. <laughs> I just realized it. I was like, yeah, I think we have to stretch now before we go socialize and engage in the libations there, because. Um, you get a bunch of rowdy dodgeball players you are saying come burn this place down i think that's probably the second to closest most most prone injury activity that we do now oh, we boy. i mean we did damage to that bar um they were lucky they had an outdoor area to shuffle us out to yeah that was a whole like another slew of people and i that's where i made my rounds it was that was it was a pretty fun fun place has anybody found Reeve since then? Because last time we saw him, he was shirtless and shoeless and covered like a donut, a powdered donut or sugar donut. I remember that. Insane. Hopefully he made hope it back in one piece. <laughs> yeah. All right, next one. Um, all right, Sergio again. Uh, for someone who loves to take pics of being people wasted, how does it feel being caught slipping? Um, I didn't slip. Yeah, I think you, you're... That was Monday after the tournament. I'm allowed to take a nap at the pool. Yeah, more more than justified and well deserved. You even said that too. Mine was on Monday after tournament doesn't count. Um, yeah, I believe you. Uh, Markel asks, can I get an Acom jersey? No, they should be like the Mickey Mantle rookie card, super rare. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of helping out there, that guy's awesome. This is one of yeah. the best oh, ambassadors great. for dodgeball oh, you could ever ask for. Really this freaking 30,000 jerseys. Markel, Markel gave me a nice card, so I really appreciate that. I also got to give you a shout-out. Um, Cliff Ferry did something really, really touching and nice for me um, last night, and um, that, that really meant a lot. It meant a lot to me. Can we talk about that more, or is that – uh, I, I think I'll, I'll just, I, I just want to mention that he did something very touching nice. for me and I really appreciate it. Um, I'll just, I don't want to throw it out there, but it was, it was really nice and it was super, really, really appreciated. Awesome. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Dan Levine asks, uh, who's going to sit Markel down for a Jersey acquisition intervention? Um, nah, man, keep doing your thing, Markel. Yeah. Don't stop. This thing, Dan. Um, all right, Sergio, last one. Um, what was the biggest hiccup leading up to and during the tournament, if any? Also, with each passing year, do you still encounter challenges in finding venues, or has it become easier with experience? Uh, hmm. it, the The biggest challenge was obviously trying to get the heat taken care of in the the first gym, and you know, having less than optimal hours in a day to get everything all done. Um, you know, it's always, it's always a problem getting people to the court or where they need to be or getting to stay where they need to be, um, or getting to tell us scores. And I don't know why people forget to tell us their scores. <laughs> it's not important um, at all. That, that's really the biggest things. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad this year. Gotcha. Going back to Markel. I know this is a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, where will nationals be next year? Why not Hawaii? Awesome. I'm in. Then go to talk about why the Eagles suck. Um, he even admits that the Cowboys are better, so we'll just glaze over that and go to, I think, Finesse, the dodgeball team. Um, how do you feel the extra divisions fit in this year compared to prior years? We'll stop at that first one. 
I actually really liked the schedule this year. Having all of Colorado on day one was fun. I think really giving the women, you know, instead of jamming two divisions in one day, giving them two days that they play two thirds of a day was, was better for them in my eyes. Um, I, I thought it actually ran a lot, a lot smoother uh, than years past where it felt like we were racing from one thing to the next. Whereas like um, the only time we were really racing was, uh, you know, a setup and breakdown right. where, you know, we were kind of getting things done pretty easily. I feel like the only thing we had to race was for setup and breakdown or trying to get to the bar. Nice. I mean, I, I was there. It was like, we, we are, you know, there's that saying like we're burning daylight, like we're burning nightlight. <laughs> like we gotta oh, be yeah. up in three hours yeah. to play some dodgeball. This is crazy. I, I think the only time I saw daylight was when I was walking between the men's and women's gym. That's it. <laughs> the way I've been able to describe it, it's like, it's, it's like being in a vacuum for four days. Just trying to come back to reality, but um, <clears throat> on the, I guess the positive side of things, uh, finesse also asked, "What was the most rewarding part for you to see over the weekend?" Uh, man, I, it's it's tough to say. the The most rewarding thing, I don't even know if it's the most rewarding thing, but one thing that I liked was we had a team from Oklahoma come called a town. And yes, I, I got some complaints about them, about them not knowing something or acting a certain way. But, you know, there's a lot of unwritten rules of dodgeball that we never talk about, like, you know, how you're supposed to handle yourself that we've just all learned over the years that these guys came in fresh uh, not knowing any of it. And, you know, once people started to realize that they, Oh, okay. So they're new that, you know, there was others that kind of like took them under their wing to like explain and, you know, be like, Oh, Hey, just so you know, like you can't, you can't do that. Or like, or please don't do that because it causes problems when you do something like this. So uh, that seemed to be like something that was rewarding in my eyes, seeing people like embrace people they don't know. Nice. Um, and just seeing everybody at the bar having fun. The uh, the Oklahoma team. I talked to them. One of the moms, because she came up to to buy something. I think some towels or something. And, and I was just like, did not recognize the name or the shirts or the face at all. So I found out they're from Oklahoma. I was like, oh, holy crap! That's like an untouched state. Um, that's awesome. And they just trying to get their background. And just real quick, they were saying that they um where they play locally, they realize that they cannot get any better. They've known about elite. They decided to come check it out and ask if they come back. And they said they would, that they're really impressed with what they saw. So talking about growth, you know, it's yeah. Brand new team probably got dumped on all, all, all tournament. I don't know, but the, the fact that they saw, they saw the, there's a bigger calling out there for dodgeball. They answered it and they want to come back. It's, it's pretty awesome. And, and kudos to any team that took the time to make them feel welcome because that's that's what helps grow as well. So hopefully we'll see some more Oklahoma t uh, teams or, or players come into the, the fray, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. With this one, as quickly as possible, if you can give anything, um, we'll probably have to s 
maybe do like a post recap. So what do I see happening with the future of elite or are there any big changes? Yeah. Like right now I, I have nothing. We'll come back it, to that one. It, it's, it's the day after the tournament. <laughs> one of my favorite uh, phrases that I get from leadership or higher is MTF more to follow. And that's just, Hey, you'll get it when you get it. So yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, let, let, let things dissipate just a little bit. Um, Josh Paco Pop, this guy, uh, I don't know who he is. Uh, what's faster, Hurricane Dorian wins or Steve Damon's arm on the court? Going to say the wins. I'll save you, I'll spare you the, the, the niceties there. But then Alan Thomas says, I don't know about his arm, but he does have the fastest slap in the West. Um, I'm not explaining anything. I'll let people figure that out on their own. Um, Dominic, how can players join the board? Uh, that's a process that, um, can be discussed. Like, I feel like we could do like a mini sub with that. Maybe months, months, months from now. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make that potentially a mini sub if you want, we can just bust out. This is what you do. If, if necessity's there. Speaking of mini sods, uh, Alan Thomas, um, how can he get more than eight open 8.5 round robin matches per year? Um, kind of talks about why he feels he doesn't get enough. Um, to which I, I mean, 8.5 is, I don't want to say it's dying, but it's the, this, the, the idea that is dying is stupid. How so? We had, we've had more teams every year than the year before. And we did this year as well. So we get more teams, but how about more play? Oh, more play. Well, the more teams we have, the more courts we need. And so we were limited to 12 courts um, for this one. You know, more play would mean uh, a, a, a larger arena. Um, and then most of all, like, ideally, if, if you know, the, introducing time games won't make anybody happy because if we introduce time games – what will happen is um, might only play one game because uh, you might play one game and then the team, the other team stalls for the other six minutes. Yeah. Especially if they get the uh, upper hand or. Um, and, and then it will ugh. be about, well, which team beat the weakest team the most. Did he beat this team eight games to zero versus this other team only beat them six to zero and you know, that's why we do the best two out of three. It puts everybody on a level playing field. You can only score a win with the same amount of points as everybody else. And that's what keeps seeding, you know, balanced. Um, and, you know, the only way to do that is to not have time games. And the other thing is when you, when you play time games, you're playing the clock. When you play games without time, you're playing to win the game. So there's no element of, needing to stall you have there's no getting off the court until you're eliminated so you play to win the game whereas time you know you use that element to either draw games out or race against time to get more games finished and so like to me that's a less pure version of the sport yeah and i mean to, to alan's credit and this is why he went into time he did suggest that so he's not just coming at you with why can't we have this? Here's my take on how oh, it works. I, I get it. And the, and the way it generally works, and it has literally worked like this for the entirety of our existence, 
is, you know, best two out of three between teams who are like active in throwing the ball and not trying to throw it against the wall or whatever. Um, uh, you know, a, a best of, or you know, two games will take six minutes, and uh, if you, they have to play the third game, it'll be ten minutes. Um, you know, sometimes things happen like a player injury or a popped ball or having to retrieve or, you know, refs taking two minutes to decide something that should only take five seconds to say, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? All right, here's the deal done. Right. So that's what kills time. And, and, and truth be told, the, the other thing that's hurting your ability to play more games is huddling after every single game. Um, players will huddle for 30 seconds, switch sides, huddle again for another 20 seconds, switch sides, huddle again for another 20 seconds, and then huddle again after the game's over. And what you're looking at is nearly two minutes have gone by by just huddling. And after five games, that's an entire match that has gone by a time just because of huddling. That would be 10 minutes right there just off five rounds. So every time teams do that, they're only screwing themselves out of more time. You know, you don't need to huddle before every game. You should be talking in your time, you know, in between the games where you're not refing. You should be, you know, talking to your team like, hey, we're going for this person here, like in the huddle during the game, not in between the games. So if we play 10 rounds, we lost two rounds because the team's huddling. Yeah. I mean, it all adds up five rounds. We lose another two. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that people got to realize that, that like I am trying to use the time effectively. Like that's why we don't have, you know, breaks and everything like that. I'm trying to jam as much possible game time in as possible. It's whether the players and team captains want to use it effectively. And it's got to be a collective thing because even Alan says, I did what I could to get teams to the courts, but, you know, that's one team. That's one captain versus. Exactly. And so, so you know, there are players like, you know, Pian does a great job of cracking the whip because he's like, I want to play more. You get there. You get there. He does a great job at that. And, you know, if, if every team captain, you know, took that kind of responsibility as, as a team captain should, you know, we would play a lot more. You would have played, you would have played 10 games instead of eight. You would have played everybody, but one team in your, in your pool. I guarantee that. Well, and Tyler, even cause we, we kind of blurred into it, but even he, even just because I want to give him a shout out for for saying that, and, and again focusing on the solution, not the problem, is uh, same thing. Getting getting to the courts, uh, getting the refs in pl- in place, and uh, he's saying that the, the pace was atrocious in his his perspective, and just that. Um, well, I think what I'd really love to see is teams kind of when they arrive, kind of set stuff up, uh, you know, in the waiting area, and then when we give them their pool assignments, they move their stuff to that area Hmm. so that, you know, those 10 teams stay 
on those three courts. They don't need to go over to the opposite side of the gym to go get a swig of Gatorade. That's right there for them. And then, you know, like ideally we could set up little areas like this is the rise corner and this is the heat corner and this is the that corner. And we'll put up little, we've done it in the past where we put up little hooks where they can put their whistles so they know where their whistles are. Um, <laughs> I would love to see people just really being cognizant of, of, of you know, how, how, how we can be more efficient in time and stay you know where they need to be because if they're on the opposite side of the gym you know getting to the other side might cost 20 seconds so if they do that five times you know it's again it, it cuts out on rounds yeah it's uh this is one of those things that collectively just be aware of what you're doing where what your team is if if you have that captain responsibility and understand that it's not just you that you're impacting, you're impacting the team ahead of you and the teams around you and, um, having just like this little area where teams can go when they're not playing might be a really good help. But, uh, yeah, just something as extreme as switching the time or cutting the divisions, probably not going to happen, but speaking of divisions, so Lone Star Syndicate Dodgeball asks, can the guys have a foam division next year if the schedule is similar to this one? Um, and just to absolve Corey, he states that this was posted by Elan Moreno and this was, uh, these whose opinions don't reflect that of all the Lone Star syndicates. So, um, I just thought yeah, I no. he wanted to himself in that, but, uh, you said you ran foam before and it just was bad, right? It just did not go well. It, it, it didn't go well. And then it's just, there's no, there, there's, there's more people would be interested in nosting than there would be foam. And if people want to argue it, they're more than welcome to argue it, but I've got the numbers behind my, and the foam numbers aren't. They're just not there yet or ever. They're not, they're not there now. It was just period. Yeah, we'll take it. People, people will say this is more popular and they're just going off of their own opinion. I'm one of the few people in America that have the numbers. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I would dare say there's a handful of people who know the actual numbers. So they'd be arguing a lost cause. Anyways, next yeah, one. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just thinking like going back to transparency, like there's stuff that you do that has reason behind it. So like even last year, like, hey, we want, uh, I, God forbid, a cloth division. And you're like, well, that would require. I won't do cloth because I don't want staph infection. Yeah, no, I mean. Plus cloth is just terrible, but you're just saying like you, you, real quick, you just broke down. Well, that's going to need six courts. That's going to cost this much. Like you already had like this equation figured out that, that it's just like, when we say we want something, it, you can't just pull it out of nowhere. Like it's going to come out as something else. So it's just uh, a lot of your, a lot of elites rationale. It's exactly a lot of elites decisions have solid rationale and numbers behind it. So it's not just a matter of you think foam sucks or you think 8.5 is better. Like you just, you're trying to provide as much dodgeball as possible in a very professional way. So some yeah. of these, I mean, some of these questions are, are good. I'm glad people are asking them because maybe they yeah. have some insight, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not that easy. Um, so now, speaking of women, easy. women, the only reason we had a foam division is because the men got a second division and open no sting. And so the, the only option was to give the women also a second division and the options were 8.5 or foam and an overwhelming majority wanted foam. Yeah. 
but that again only happened in the West. Gotcha. Um, trying to butcher this because for some reason I just cannot read out loud, but Dan Levine asks, as a player whose elite participation never actually began, I'm focused on experience as a viewer. Skyzone slash UGC was the gold standard with WDBF a solid number two. I get the challenges of an amateur sport with limited resources, but what plans are there to improve the viewing experience for folks like me and the growing number of players who will also be watching and not playing one day? And I think he might be talking about the stream. I know that... Um, just... Well, the, 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 the main thing is the two things that he mentioned have six figures more money than Elite. There you go. Six figures. So you're going to get um, yeah. that world-class ESPN-esque UDC. presentation. Yeah. UD, UDC spent tons and tons of money on it. And that was at the help of Pepsi and sponsors, huge sponsors. And then with the WBDF um, having coordinated it, uh, that was an enormous amount of money. And, you know, that's a loan that we're going to be paying off for the next five years for one event. Um, Elite, we don't have that luxury. So um, in terms of live streaming, we've got something coming down the pipeline, a nice new amazing digital platform that has live streaming built in. So it will, in fact, allow players and captains to live stream their games with the graphics that they need to showcase their teams. That was the app that you were hinting at last time we talked, right? Correct. Nice. Uh, I wanted to highlight this comment because I, because the story goes back and forth about, um, uh, to sum it up, just, just more of the argument, so to speak, um, and people throwing their suggestions. But um, Nick Factorin says, the type of hotspots uh, you're suggesting, because I think this might have to do with um, him live streaming um, costs about $400 per weekend. He says it's doable, but he had to upgrade his equipment. So again, why real quick, why is Nick answering this question? Was he responsible for live streaming? Yeah, he was responsible for live streaming this weekend. A big shout out needs to go to Nick factor because he did an amazing job getting, getting cameras up for both the men's uh, men's gym and the women's gym. Uh, he was live streaming uh, a minimum of two courts at all time. He did a fantastic job. So everybody needs to give him a round of applause because he's the reason why you have, uh, you know, elimination and a bunch of games on the live stream. And there should be 36 hours of live stream up on uh, that YouTube channel. And it was kind of comedic because every time I'd look for Nick, he'd just be up high somewhere. Like he's just up in high yeah. places <laughs> setting stuff up and, when he wasn't on the court playing, he was handling the live stream. Yeah. And he was there too, setting up uh, Thursday night and Friday night, just yeah. taking time uh, out of the day. And again, not, not to, again, not, not to beat the, the dead horse, not to beat the horse dead or what, what's the saying? Not to yeah, uh, Nick, beat the horse to Nick death. Was, Nick was, Nick was one of the names I was, I was forgetting. <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, yeah, Nick, people, he, he was just absolutely lights out. Incredible. That whole weekend. I, I'll, you know, that's a guy I'll never be able to repay in my life. Yeah. It's not to be a dead horse. There we go. I don't know why I lost sight of that, but he's saying $400 per weekend. He would have to upgrade my equipment, like, like his, like this is, this is something he's producing for people. And I'm not by any means trying to call you out, Dan. It's just like, 
I'm glad you asked this because as you said, this is all very interesting and useful information. You're still curious to see what, what Mark has to say about it all, but it informs the conversation because if you see something nice, chances are it's being brought from at the expense of the person doing it for free or with their own equipment. So yeah, it just still speaks to, to what people are volunteering and how we're limited when we look at productions like UDC and like you said with WDBF and shelling out thousands upon thousands of dollars because they can and right now Elite just uh, can't do that right now. Um, there's another question that Yoshi Ortega asked about timing and things being cut short. I think we already talked about this. Um, I think we can skip that question because he wasn't paying attention. They were in pools all weekend. Yeah, I yeah um and for the people on the west coast who were like oh were there pools well the reason why it felt like you played a lot of west coast teams is that there were a lot of west coast teams and we did a very clear balance where um every pool had the same amount of east had the same amount of south had the same amount of west and the same amount of each so that everybody got to play the same amount of other teams than they normally did yeah that was you're not going to get to play against you know your dream list of teams just yet but i mean you're well, not you're not going you want, to you can start throwing games so you can line up against them so i think i think one complaint was like rainbows didn't get to line up against outsiders but outsiders was a number one seed so they got to play the number two seed from a different region and then the third seed from a different region, then the fourth seed from a different region. And it spiral staircases from there yeah. of how, you know, they line up. So I think, you know, if, if rainbows was a top four, they might've been in the one seed from, for a different division. That meant that they were either in the one seed of the North division or the East division. So, you know, it just, it's just how it lays out. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Like you, you do your best to mingle us with other regions and you know Yeah. I do I do my absolute best to make sure you're playing people you don't normally do and make sure it's as mixed up as possible, but it's inevitable you're gonna be playing teams from your own region because if if your division is only people from somewhere else, that means that there's another pool that's only playing people from their own division or their own region. Yeah. You're doing your best, man, and it's uh, it's noticed for people that can compare it to back in the day, paying three hundred dollars a pop to play against people in Phoenix in Vegas. Like, I know what what the worst looks like. Um, I've been there, but um, I think that actually, I think they got I got them all. Um, okay, all right, man. Well, thank you to everybody that submitted questions, especially so quickly. Um, I love that there's conversations going on here. Um. Real quick, I wanted just to shout out because it's not here on the notes, but Alicia Ellis, when, when Markel asked a question about when where's Nationals going to be, she posted that gif of uh, uh, somebody from Nickelodeon and Amanda something slapping the camera, which is yeah. like the best. Why not Seattle? <laughs> why not St. Louis? Why not Miami? Why not Charleston? Why you not? Said, you said Seattle why not first. Fresno? Why not uh, Colorado Springs? Or How about Tucson? Jackson Hole, it will never go in Tucson for as long as I live. <laughs> Dang it. I'm still salty about four years ago. Yeah, I thought I was helping you out, and I realized uh, 
do people not like Tucson? And uh, it is, it is, it, it's just hot. <laughs> Phoenix is way hotter, just so you know. But yeah, Tucson's. Well, well, then we were there the wrong weekend because I got cooked inside the house. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to bash on Tucson, but. <laughs> and, and that was the only time that a gym had told me that I wasn't allowed to tape courts. They had to tape them for me and they messed it up. Yeah, that was weird. Um, nice gym, but. Nice gym. Weird, but... <laughs> weird rule there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I can't believe we got through it all, man. Um, it's funny because like the, again, going back to last year, um, I almost like the negativity fed into the OG panel, but it, it kind of did. So some good came from that. And I, and I would like to think that people did listen and help contribute to the positive and not the negative. And it's glad I'm really relieved and, and happy to hear that you're not depressed and you're, you got, you know, a little higher spirits. Obviously the stress is still going to be there. It's probably gonna be there for as long as you do this, but, um, I'm glad that this had a better tone than last year. Um, so yeah. I, Thank you for having me again. For sure, man. Anytime. And I'm, I'm looking forward to our NDL. I don't say bashing, bashing session, but more like the, uh, I wouldn't call it. I see it. Don't call it NDL bashing. Cause I've got a ton of respect for the NDL. And I don't think people realize that. And I've got a ton of respect for Ed and a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. I think it's more of a, like, we need to really display the history so that we're not doomed to repeat it. That's a good way to put it. Um, and that's, that's my sentiment as well. Like bashing, obviously the wrong choice of words. Uh, it was just more like, um, not holding back. Like we held back last year because we didn't want to, um, portray the WDA team USA members in a bad light because a lot of them still play elite and a lot of them are great people. And we didn't want that to, uh, take away from what they're about to accomplish. So yeah, you're right. Bashing wrong word, but I was going to say also, um, just more forward, more upfront, more transparent. And I was actually going to advocate on behalf of the NDL. So we could probably do it where we're, you know, we, we talk about the good and the bad, but we don't hold back. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we'll probably, man, I got a lot of recaps to do, but uh, if you're still listening, we'll probably do that maybe in a couple of weeks um, after all this is said and done. But um, before we sign off, um, is there anything else you wanted to say? Any like alibis or, or, or shout outs or. I, I think I got it again. Thank you to everybody who, um, who came out, made Labor Day, um, their destination in Austin for, you know, their vacation. I hope everybody got to enjoy it. I think everybody got to have some fun at the bar. I'm sure everybody got to enjoy some barbecue uh, I'm sure they all got to fall in love a little bit with the city of Austin, probably not the heat. Um, I hope they all had a good time at the venues and playing and seeing all their friends and meeting new faces, meeting old faces, seeing old faces. Um, and so, you know, thanks again for, for, for coming out. And like I said, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's always surreal for me to see, you know, such a large amount of people um, there for one thing. Yeah, coming together for one. It's a kind of like an out-of-body experience for me. Well, we appreciate you for doing it, man. And like I said, I know that the 
majority of us, I feel, um, want to help out, want to continue to contribute to this in a positive light. And again, it's just, it's good to hear that you're in better spirits and, um, yeah, I'm sure you get this all the time, but thank you for everything you do. And we look forward to talking to you, uh, soon. Uh, last thing we want to thank, uh, Jake, cause he did a great job, um, helping us get the, the, the venue for Austin and also getting, you know, uh, it was a great hotel deal. And then, uh, you know, he's, he's just been a help all year. So he's always a help. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I think we'll, we'll go ahead and end the, uh, conversation there. Alrighty, so that is uh, part one of a several-part series of recapping the 2019 uh, Elite Dodgeball National Championships that took place this past Labor Day weekend. And Mark, thank you so much for everything you've done, continue to do, hopefully will continue to do, and for giving me your time to talk about it. Um, like I said earlier, I kind of botched it, but I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, so to speak, but I do want to provide any and all opportunity to, to show people um, just what goes into making this happen. We, we do not have thousands upon thousands of dollars like the UDC or WDF to, to make these, uh, amazing events happen. What we do have are some incredible, um, amazing and selfless volunteers that will, that will deprive themselves of sleep, that will lift sandbags and, uh, metal bases and, and poles to set up and they'll do it without, um, any kind of grumbling or any kind of just expect expectation of gratitude. Um, it's incredible, um, almost to the point where I was just incredibly grateful just to be a part of it, uh, just, just to be able to share that with, with, with some individuals and, um, for everyone that's helped out in any capacity, whether you just picked up an extra piece of trash or you helped tape or you helped ref, or you just helped make sure that your team showed up. Like we, we are still at that point where we, we absolutely need that. And, um, it just goes again, as I've been saying in previous recaps uh, of these episodes, that it just speaks to the, I don't know, like just just the awesomeness of the dodgeball community. Yeah, we'll have our couple outliers. Yeah, we'll have our disagreements. Yeah, we'll have we'll we'll have our heated debates. But um, I think a majority of us are are all incredible people, and um, I just feel bad for people that don't get to enjoy this uh, amazing thing that we call dodgeball. So. As I said in the interview, uh, this was mostly like the high-level stuff, uh, understanding what's going on in Mark's mind, a welfare check <laughs> from last year. But we'll definitely get into some of the actual plays and shout-outs and stuff uh, when we talk to the actual panels. So if you're still listening, um, I'm going to kick out that survey, if I haven't already, on trying to get just plays, stuff to talk about, stuff that, that we need to air because, my goodness, was there a lot that took place in my tiny little window of it uh, won't do it justice. So I need your help. And also real quick, um, huge thank you to everyone that came up to me and said, thank you for the podcast that you listen to while you're jogging or at work or while you're studying, or you just listen to it in general. Um, and also this is not just a me thing at this point. I've had so much help from so many incredible people that are willing to, to take time out of their evenings or weekends to talk to Oswald with me and are willing to do so in a recorded format to share with other people. So if you uh, if you want to thank me for the podcast, please also thank the panelists. Whether it's you know the next time you see them in person, or through Messenger, or some some capacity, because this is uh, this is not happening just because of Steve Damon by any means. Um, I'm getting a lot of help, and I'm getting a lot of awesome people to do so, and uh, they they deserve as much, if not all, the credit um, that I get. So. Anyway, um, have a have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you in uh, part two.
I think I only dropped one F bomb, but I gave you a heads up beforehand. I appreciate that. I got some hells out of you, but uh, I can do that. Oh, hell, no, hell is allowed. Don't tell me it's not allowed. <laughs> Clean label, man. I'm all for that. But, uh, 